Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel America's number one sports book is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii moment to remind you that this month film study is brought to you by manscaped support for this episode comes from manscaped manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly safely and hygienically um go ahead and get check out manscaped manscaped.com use the code birdland for 20 percent off it's summertime you need manscaped it's the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming they have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. It's constantly a number one recommended gift for men. You should check it out. It's getting warm out. You can use it. Use the code BIRDLAND for 20% off at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and get the best tools for the job. And as their slogan always says, your balls will thank you. Another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McMusic. I'm joined today by an old friend here, Dev Panchwa. How are you doing, Dev? Hey, I am good, Ken. It's great to be with you. It's been a, quite a bit of time, but, uh, uh, you know, it, we're picking back up. I, I love talking football with you, so appreciate you having me on. Yeah, one of, one of my first friends at uh, the, the former slot, RSR, and we're, uh, we're happy to have you. Um, let me, uh, let's talk about a few topics today. Cause I know we had some, some things in mind, but the first, I want to talk a little bit about the current rumors going around about Jamal Adams and the possibility of him coming to Baltimore. What do you think about that? It's interesting in so many ways, uh, as a player, he is so dynamic, I think, uh, and can play a lot of different positions. He really 
fits exactly defensively what they would want uh, in, a, in a multi-dimensional player. He can fit uh, Don Wink Martindale's scheme really well. We, I think there's a and there's just so much that you know he exhibits as a Raven on the surface. But I, I think you know just given how this could how the move could be made based on trade, based on money, based on where they're at as a football team, and now all the commitments that might be coming up to cap dollars in the future. There's like, there's a quite a bit of complexity to the move or, or the potential move, but it's interesting when it's interesting because you don't typically see a player of this caliber being available in the first place. Right. And I, I'm not sure he really is available, but let's kind of take these points one at a time and kind of talk through them. Cause you got some great, great stuff here and you've kind of talked, dipped a little bit and I want to kind of drill down. Certainly one of the top safeties in the game. I do have a question of whether he would be the free safety, which I think is really the Ravens' need, as mm-hmm. opposed to a strong safety where the Ravens are well-armed, at least I believe they are, with with having uh, certainly Clark, but also other options at Dimeback, and uh, you know potentially having, having Elliott and Stone be back-end mm-hmm. uh, cover two safeties. Yeah, exactly. It's an interesting... It's, it's almost... Um... It's like they it's it's a place where they're secure. They're pretty good. They're in very good shape, actually. It would be the rich getting richer. It's not a need. It's it's more. I feel like just putting them up on another level and just having a terrific football player. If they look at it that way, just because he does play safety, but you almost have to evaluate him as if he's a positionless player, and he's just a cream of the crop player that really fits. Uh, a lot of the intangibles and then on the field, what they're looking for as uh, a guy that can rush the passer that you, like you said, they can move around in different places. The one interesting aspect here, and I, I kind of look at that part as why the Ravens might make a push is Earl Thomas. I think Earl Thomas is great. He had a great season. He still can play at a high level. However, if you're looking for a situation where maybe they're looking for his successor is it too soon to think Jamal Adams can could kind of naturally take his spot and they could have some maneuverability with with Earl Thomas. You still keep Chuck Clark and all of a sudden and you don't know exactly what you're getting with Elliot and, and Stone and these other guys. So that could be another reason why it's in, it's a tempting thing to go after Jamal Adams. Right. You 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 probably are shutting the door, in fact, on Elliot. Not necessarily Stone, but in, in on Elliot. Mm-hmm. If you if you acquire Jamal Adams, I mean, Stone is a rookie this year. He probably won't get much playing time except on special teams anyway. And there's a good chance, I think, that Earl Thomas will be gone after the 2020 season in any case. There's a, there's a significant savings yeah. for him. So so I could see that. But this year, there would be significant um, issues with getting Adams on the field in terms of who has to come off. I don't think it will be Clark. Because Clark is the defensive signal right. caller, and they're not changing that. There's right. no apparent, you know, ability of that. Yeah, I completely agree. And this is the first time you and I are talking about this topic, and I thought about that. that I thought about that issue as well. Where are the snaps? How are they going to allocate the snaps? The number of people, number of my followers have stated that it can be done. I'm not as sure that it can be done as easily or efficiently, or yeah, there's going to be some definite like juggling to do, and I think you're right. Like between Clark Thomas and Adams, just as a starting point, then you throw in the linebackers into the equation. Mm-hmm. If Patrick 
you know, Wayne is, is ready to play all three downs, which he would have to be, or you've got LJ Ford, then you've got Malik Harris, Harrison. So there's so many guys that they could put on the field at any given, at any given time. But you know, if you're bringing in someone like a Jamal Adams, he's going to have to, to play a lot of snaps. Um, that's just, that's just what's going to have to happen. So is that rubbing other guys the wrong way? Is there going to be too many people to work into the rotation? Uh, I think those are all valid concerns. And I'm glad you brought that up because if you're seeing that and your, your eye is really good with rotation and who can play what down and what snap, then I think that definitely answers a valid question of how they can make this work. Well, let's look at it a little deeper here. They played 42.2% of the snaps last year in the dime or the quarter defense. So the dime has three safeties. The quarter is the only defense they ever play with four safeties. They did play a couple snaps of a four quarter, uh, four safety dime this last year. But but really, it's it's a four a four safety look they have is the is the quarter, and that's only 3.9% of the time. So Levine got those snaps last year. Uh, I would think, you know, they certainly have lots of contenders for it this year with Levine still on the team. Doesn't look like he's going to play defensively this year. Uh, Elliot is still around and has to play. Boy, you have to figure out what that guy has to offer this year or maybe trade him at the end of camp. I mean, that's the only other real option I would I would see as reasonable. I don't want to do that. I don't know about you. And well, isn't he the, 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 out of the guys they have, isn't he one of the more viable candidates to play free safety in the first place and be? Oh, sure. Yeah. So that's the other problem is, is Clark is turned into a hybrid. Earl Thomas is a true free safety, but then you've got Elliot as the free safety that they can plug in. Then that's it. Right. Right. So you'd, you're saying if anything happened to Thomas, you'd want to have Elliot around just in case to be the, be the free safety. I agree with that completely, I, by the way. I believe so. I, I don't know if Jamal Adams can do that. I, I, I would probably uh, be misrepresenting myself if I said I watched enough Jets tape to know if he's played. If he can play that, I know he's a good football player, but I don't think that's u- utilizing his strengths to the maximum level. So, yeah, I agree. I think that they would have a, a tough the depth would be tough if you didn't have Elliot as free safety or, or some form of a, um, a guy that could play that role uh, definitively. We saw last year that I, I, I'm, I'm trying to project on what you said here and say that you, you think that that Adams would need to be able to roam kind of like Reed did or uh, like he did in New York. But like Reed did would be another example to be the most effective football player he can. Derwin James might be another good example of a player who needs to just be all over the field, rush the passer if that's the right thing. Maybe play run defense and give us some special run beef run blitzes by down or, you know, not be afraid to come off the edge and pursue the run from the opposite side, which is something Ed Reed did very well. Uh, and, and also play on the back end and, and cover a tight end man to man. Maybe I'm do do anything you need him to do. I would agree that that's a great use of Adams. Um, I think given the Ravens cornerbacks, they have an unusual circumstance where you can kind of do that. You, you right. can, you can take more chances with both of your safeties and, uh, you know, if you if you hear Tony Romo, he just wants the Ravens to blitz everybody every down, given the cornerbacks they have and the <laughs> desire to make the quarterback throw quickly. They could do that. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And, and frankly, you know, they, they don't have to necessarily have their safeties in such a co- coverage or heavy responsibility. So I don't to take away from the fact that they could do it. And you saw even Earl Thomas utilized a lot in the box. At the line, he he was blitzed more. He was he was used in that role a lot more than he's ever been in his career. Oh, yeah. 
So if they're using him that way, uh, you would think they can definitely make it work for Jamal Adams. And then my question to you is, can can you have a scenario where they where they play Clark Adams Thomas every almost every down exclusively in a nickel, and then you basically only play with one linebacker at all times? Can they do okay. that, or are they going to get demolished in the run game? Okay, so if you have if you have those three on the field, you play the dime every every down. So you only have five five guys down, four at the line of scrimmage, two outside linebackers, two line two defensive linemen. You have one inside linebacker, which now you're really wondering about why did you draft Malik Harrison if he, if he wasn't going to play? Because Queen presumably would be the guy just about every down. And I think you can you can basically make LJ Ford a special teams player, even though I don't think it's the best you know use of his value. I mm-hmm. think you know you could do that if you really wanted to play all those three safeties every down. Um, yeah, injury may sort it for you. So that'd be another possibility is that you 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 have an injury to one of the safeties, and then well, I'm glad we had an extra safety. True. No, so it can be done. It's just uh, it seems like a lot of shuffling and trying to make the pieces fit and work. And obviously, you bring in Jamal Adams, and he's happy, assuming he's happy, assuming he will eventually get paid. Mm-hmm. You don't really care then at that point. I think if you're the front office or the coaching staff, you don't really care as much about um, maybe the, the the kind of like here and now as much as like long term. This should be. This should be looked at as a long-term move. It should be looked at as he's a guy to be a part of our defense that much so. Uh, That's the way I see it. I see it as it's the type of move you make more with a look towards the long-term. But it could create some challenges in the short-term, given the guys they already have on the roster and just trying to make all the pieces fit. Okay, completely agree with the long-term nature of that. And certainly in terms of the compensation it would take, both in in cap cost and in draft capital, it better be a good long-term deal because the, he's going to want a lot and the Jets are going to want a lot, both. Oh, totally, yeah. So then I I don't think we've talked about this one either, but I wouldn't go as high as a first-rounder. I know that's been thrown around kind of uh, just between, you know, talking point, the t- talk between fans or anything else, but uh, I think that's a bit excessive, but if you're talking about a package of other picks, I would entertain that. And then all of a sudden you still have to pay him 17, 18 million upwards of that per year, which now gets into, can you make that commitment to him financially and then still be able to keep guys like Marlon Humphrey, Ron, Ronnie Stanley. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> and I don't Let's know if t- that's possible. Well, let's talk about that because I think this is one of the areas where the jets may have an agenda here in terms of sending Adams to the marketplace, because I think they think he's being unrealistic about his salary demands. And and frankly, from everything I've heard, he is being unrealistic about his salary demands. And none of it really makes sense. But if you're Jamal Adams, you're under contract for two more seasons right now. Uh, and I'm just going to bring up his contract real quickly uh, on over the cap here. But you're under contract for two more years. And I believe the numbers are 3.9 million and nine point something. But I don't think it really matters too much the exact number. Those are his. He's already had gotten all his bonus for his original signing bonus, nine point nine million in twenty twenty one. Okay, and it's three point five million this next year, so I'm slightly off. Three point five, nine point nine. After that, he has a franchise tag number. The franchise tag number at safety is low. Now Jamal Adams would hate being franchise tagged. He would even feel duped somehow if if he was acquired by the Ravens. They didn't have a contract ability, and then they put him through this ringer here. 
But the franchise tag at safety is not very high, which is one of the issues with Adams. He thinks he's worth a lot more money. And then, if you really think about it, a franchise tag plus 20 on Adams might be worth it. You have a guy who's you know clearly one of the top talents in the game at the position. I'm not sure I mind playing him franchise tag plus 20. I agree with you. I actually agree with you. I think the Jets definitely are actually in a, in a position of, of strength. Mm-hmm. If they were to just go with or if they're just willing to deal with the headache of him causing a, uh, you know kind of causing or, or stirring the pot um because he is under contract for two more seasons and then he's got the prospect of being franchised so he would would have to pull a, a lady on bell at this point and just be willing to sit out the season and that's not even putting him in close range to getting out so if anything they're the ones holding the cards here and I, I agree with you completely. Why wouldn't they just go with it? With, why wouldn't you just pay this franchise tag and just kind of absorb the next two seasons? It's pretty easy for them to do that and still keep them. But obviously, you, you don't want to... I mean, I guess one argument against that would be uh, he is he's being mistreated. It's rubbing mm-hmm. the other team, teammates the wrong way, which the Jets obviously already have uh, a bad reputation as is right now so that's the only i guess downside which is you know it's toxicity in the cult in the locker room but um otherwise i I don't see i don't really see an incentive for the jets unless they get the haul uh that that the texans probably will give them if if there's any team that would do it they would just fork over like pick somehow i don't even know if they have them but uh, you're looking at like the what the or what the Bears did with Cleo, uh, to get Cleo Mack. I, I, mm-hmm. I think they'd have to almost they'd have to get something on that that level, and it doesn't make sense for a guy that is uh, basically a box safety at the end of the day. It 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 does not make sense. And and if I'm looking at it right now, I think if I'm the Jets, I say I've got Jamal Adams at three years for twenty five million. Okay, and that's it. That includes the the franchise tag year at about. Let's call it 11, 12 million, whatever be at safety, but round numbers, 25 million. I love that price for Jamal Adams for those three years. And if, if you're going to the market and, and he, needs to, he needs to get value for himself from another team, I do want a haul in terms of picks. I, I probably want a one. I, I, I probably want a one. I might, I might have to settle for less, but I probably want a one in exchange for giving up a player at this point. I might take a one. In this particular case, just because I don't think the Jets are at a good spot in their rebuilding process, and they might do better taking a, a you know, starting over with a new first year one than Jamal Adams entering year four. Yeah, I, I think they. That's what, and, and to, to that level, that's why. Why would they settle for anything less than a one? If you see some of the trades that that have been made. They could manufacture that one. I don't think it's coming from the Ravens. Uh, maybe I'm wrong because you know there's a, there's an argument to be made that that one for the Ravens being at the end of the first round, presumably, how That's much less, value yeah. does that have? Yeah. So it's it's it, it can it's just, it's a valid argument that somebody could make, but I think just given the track record of DaCosta and Ozzy, it seems like a stretch that they would go to that point when they're able to get. Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. They're able to get Marcus Peter for Peters for a fifth round pick. Like, I, I don't know that they're, I don't know that that really is their mo. But uh, I think for the Jets' sake, yeah, why not hold out as long as you can, 
until you get what you're looking for and then unload them if you need to. It's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be something that happens quickly. That's right. for sure. Well, it's, it's, it's similar to the restricted free agent process that, uh, you know, a guy has a second round tender on him and effectively the jets are saying, look, I'll tell you what you go out. Here's the, here's the, here's the minimum parameters we want. We have to get a first round pick in exchange for you because we think you have tremendous value. We know you're underpaid for the next two years and potentially for the next three, but you also have to get your own contract value out. And teams are going to be unwilling to, to do both, but please give it a shot. We don't mind you going to the market and trying to make a deal for you, particularly if you, if we can get real value out of this. And I think they're basically asking him to take his unreasonable salary demands to the market. And judging by some of the Jamal Adams, I don't know if they're tweets or texts that were sent. There was one or the other that basically said, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to get 50 million and somebody else is going to get 35 million. And, and, and he was happy for all of them. But then he's just saying, you know, I just want my little piece of the pie kind of thing. And right. the problem is, you know, every contract negotiation with Adams needs to start with the first three years are about 25 million. And, yeah. and after that, we'll talk. You know, if, you, if, if we want to add on a year at 18, a year at 20 on the end of a contract like that, that's fine. And maybe I'll even throw in about $6 million of signing bonus to go with that and, and maybe more than that. But, but I, need to, I need to also consider what I'm giving away in that trade in terms of, of uh, you know, the, the draft capital. And, and all of a yeah. sudden, adds up to a lot of stuff. <laughs> It's a lot to give up, and there's the other kicker, Ken. He's not gonna he's not gonna play for just anyone either. He's outlined that he's uh, more willing to accept not getting the long term contract, being traded to a set of teams that are all contenders right now. So if you're talking about the Cowboys, the Ravens, etc., yeah, that that could work. But if you uh, you know you throw some other teams into the equation that actually could give him the money that he's looking for. Like let's say the Bengals, for example, is he? That's not going to work, right? So it's also a matter of, um, I think you know, it's a tough situation because of the fact that the teams that, the teams that are looking at him or eyeing him in the contender range are not going to want to necessarily pony up all the capital that's required to get him. You know, it's an interesting point you make because. He's not under control of whether he's traded to the Bengals or not. He doesn't have a no trade clause on his rookie deal. So if the Bengals are offering a first round selection, first of all, it's the Bengals first round selection. So you think it's going to be decent at least. I mean, they've got Joe Burrow. They might be better. Probably will be because it's hard to be worse. But you but you but are they going to really not be drafting in the top 12, 13 in the entire league? It'd be hard for me to believe that still. Yeah. And given the division they play in and all. And, you know, so that, that becomes a very high value pick. And then if you're the Bengals, you think Jamal Adams for three years for $25 because that's all I'll have to pay him. I'm not going over that. If he wants to be reasonable, we might sign him long term. But we're not, you know, I trade a first round pick maybe for three years for that. I, you know, the thing, the thing that Jets, or sorry, the thing Adams really has to rely on is that there's, a, there's no other team that's not a contender who would want to put up with this crap to really – want that deal because i think the, the he ought to have a legitimate fear that that some team will say you know what I, we will give a first round rounder for adams no contract guarantees yet we'll we'll, we'll work it out on the fly with him and it's quite possible <laughs> I, i've seen we've seen some crazy stuff in this league and i would be curious and i don't have this in front of me which teams may have multiple first round picks or if there are teams that have them and those would be the teams all of a sudden that become, become i think realistic uh contenders and could 
potentially, uh, given whatever draft slot they have or projected draft slot they might have, be willing to roll the dice, like you said. Mm -hmm. Give up a pick. And the one thing I think back to now is is this Minka Fitzpatrick trade from last year that kind of uh, made it, I feel like, it changed a little bit of the scope here because the Steelers were willing to give up a, a number one pick for mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick and a, and a guy that has some similar, you know, aspects of his game, right? He's a multifaceted player, one of the top talents at his position, was disgruntled. Of course, they had control over his contract, which is the, the difference here, or he's not in a situation, I think, like Adams, where he's asking for a, as much money. But you, you get where I'm going with it in the sense that I think that trade did make it so that other teams may look at that and say, well, you know what, if we have a low first round pick and we have multiple first round picks, sure. We could we could do that. We could see. It could replace our lower first round pick. But of course, all this being a projection, uh, and you'd have to have kind of as a team feel good about that part of it. But I, I think you're right, Jamal Adams might be overplaying his hand in that sense. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I just I, I, I there are lots of competing motivations here, and and Adams obviously wants more money, but he's being played a little bit I think by the Jets, and I think every other GM in the league is going to look at his circumstances and try to see how can we make this trade work for us, not in a bad way, but but Adams and the Jets each have to give up some divisible benefit to make it work from any other GM's perspective. So. Yeah. I agree. They have to give something, right? They have to then back off on the contract. Uh, I think the compensation is, is not something that him and his agent and those guys control at all. But maybe the, there's some level of, like you said, just kind of working with the other side, whoever that is, whichever team that is. Uh, so then that could that could be a viable thing. And, but right now it just seems like they're not necessarily willing to back off on that, that end of it. I have read that there is, um, I've read, I don't know if it's true or not, but he would be willing to work with one of the contenders if it gets to that point, and then he would back off on his contract demands, at least temporarily, short term. Mm-hmm. I think Adam Schefter had actually reported that, but what does that mean? Does that mean he's willing oh, the, to wait into the season? Is he willing to wait past this season? Yeah, so I don't, I don't know what that would mean either. I mean, he's, he's, he gets paid, you know, not a lot of money this year. The Jets have to eat all the bonus money on his current contract by when they trade him. So all right. that will, will eventually be prepaid, <laughs> a gift card for, the, for yeah. the team that gets him. And so they, they, you know, the the Ravens, if they picked him up, you know, they they would have like with Minka Fitzpatrick, there wasn't a lot of money left to be paid on his contract right. in their in the Steelers' case for four years, which was made it a really good deal. Yes. In the in the Ravens' case, for two years plus this franchise tag year that we presume would occur, with a talent of his level, if if they if he wasn't re-signed. Now here's a question I have for you. And this is something I thought about: is if the Ravens do actually make this move, I can't see them making the move without also being willing to to invest long term on him. I, I I don't know if they're going to just ride it out, right? I think they would want to secure him, lock him up. And I think they made the Barkus Peters trade in a similar thought process of if we get this guy, we're going to, and he plays well for us and everything goes well, we're going to lock him up. Peters obviously agreed to a lot less money <laughs> and that made it a lot easier. But I just think uh, they would, they would be trying like, like, like hell to keep him. But I don't know if they're willing to spend the money that he wants, but 
that's the thing I, I'm curious about is if they were to do this, if they were to go that far, I think they have to be confident in the fact that they can make it work long term, even within the cap and with all the other guys that they'd have to pay. You know, that's that's a great point, because I really do think there's two separate questions here. And if you look at the compensation on the Peters trade, I would have said they did. They got enough value out of the rental of Peters for 10 games. I think it was last year. Oh, so for sure. yeah. to, to, to justify the compensation they gave away, the Kenny Young, the fifth round pick. Well, I mean, they didn't even I'm not even sure they had room for Kenny Young on the roster anymore. But they did keep board on the roster. He could have been cut as well when they when they picked up Fort and they picked up Bynes. But they didn't want to play Kenny Young anymore. They really didn't want to play Owasso anymore, though. They did find some snaps for him. So I, to me, they really hardly gave up anything. A fifth round pick for half a season of a superstar is not a bad not a bad deal at all. You'd probably make that just about any time to fill a, a very obvious open wound of a need. Yes. This isn't the same thing. This is, this is, they're trying to figure out how do you, how do you, you know, acquire a cornerstone talent that they're going to have to sign for a long time. It was kind of the icing on the cake that Peter signed the contract for what I think was a very reasonable salary. And, it, and it's, it's not front loaded in a way that makes him uncuttable. If, if uh, if they need to, I mean, I'm I'm actually quite afraid of that, and we can get into that in just a moment. But that that there's going to be have to be some defensive players cut at the end of this year, and Peters might be in the group if he doesn't have a very good year. So, yes. uh, uh, anyway, I, I look at the Adams situation as being difficult, different. I just think you know you you are buying you're buying into three years. One of them is a franchise tag year. Boy, you better find a way to cornerstone that guy and exactly. and make it worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're not giving up the picks. You're not doing all that. You're not trying to make it. And especially this year, assuming they get him, you're already talking about you're going to be reducing snaps from other guys. I understand this is a, a team that's very devoted to each other. You know, the guys all play. There's no complaining. But let's be honest, you know, you're bringing in this superstar guy. It's still making things work with other players that are so good. This team's so deep and talented that you're going to you're going to really have to figure things out. It's going to be difficult, I think, and challenging in a good way, you could argue. But then you go through that and then you're still saying that you might not be able to keep them in a year or two. That just doesn't add up, right? So I think that's also part of this is, you know, if you make the move, if they give up the picks, they 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 will I think do everything in their power to keep them long term. And that means you're willing to give up a, a Judon. And that that could be fair. Uh, I don't know where the other dominoes fall into this, but yeah, you're, you're giving up one or two of your, your prime pieces. When you say giving up, you mean after, in, in this case, I think you don't mean trading Judon to the Jets, probably. Oh, yeah, let me clarify. I don't know that, that that's... You lose him after the season. I think you lose him after the season. I think you pretty much are resigned to the fact that you're losing one or two uh, guys. Again, I don't... I mean, you went on Brian... McFar- I'm not Brian McFarland, right? So I don't know... From a cap uh, analysis standpoint, you know where those other dominoes would have to fall. But I'm, yeah, I'm strictly saying I think you're you're looking at it almost like maybe it's a one for one with Judon, and, and that's something they could work with. But you're you have to be willing to also uh, kind of be okay with sacrificing a, another player. Maybe not this season. They can make it work this season, but the following season, I think. Yeah. And, and we talked about Earl Thomas. That's another guy. That makes a lot of sense. If you make this move, then he could be supplanted, and that could work too. But uh, that's also part of it as well, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, he's making 11 and 12 and a half, or I think the next two years are 11 and 12, whatever it is. So he fits actually pretty nicely into the kind of long-term pay that Adams would require. Now, Adams doesn't know. Adams probably doesn't accept the fact that he has to start at three for 25. And then if it's a four-year deal, you know, maybe it's maybe it's 45 million for four years is, is the absolute top end of what I think anybody ought to give him uh, based on his current position. And part of it is just... Every player wants to get renegotiated from first round money as early as possible. And it's just, they already got paid for those years, damn it. They, you know, they already got paid for it in the original contract with the Jets. Yeah, and that's a huge difference. That's a huge gap from what his, I guess, alleged reported you know, asking price is right now. I don't disagree with you. Um, is he willing to come down on that by like another $2 million per season? If he's in Baltimore and he's happy, mm-hmm. I, that that could be possible. It's it's possible. I, I think he. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to read the situation from that standpoint. Of like, is he getting back to the Marcus Peters example? Just is he okay with because it's the right situation, it's the right fit. Maybe I'll take less money. I can make it work if I'm happy here and I'm with a team that's headed for big things. Right? As mm-hmm. a, a contender. So that could change the situation a bit. But, uh, yeah, if he's kind of digging his heels in the sand, then, uh, you know, he's he's looking to get overpaid by a lot more than what you're what you're proposing. And I don't disagree with you. I think, you know, Earl Thomas money is what, what you're saying. Right. So it's kind mm-hmm. of in that ballpark, whereas he, Jamal Adams, is asking for a high end pass rusher type of money. Right. He obviously can't be paid Earl Thomas money from last year for a lot of reasons. But one of them is I I, want to get to the second reason here quickly. But the first the the big reason is he's got two years on the contract at three and a half and nine point nine million. He's been paid a lot of prorated money already towards that supplement that three and a half and nine point nine million. And they represent his current position right now in terms of bargaining power. Earl Thomas was an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great point. No, totally. You, no, you make a great point. He's already represent, so he's already getting representative pay of his uh, scale, his position, and as he's valued at that position, and to that end, like you said, he's not on the open market. Now, here's the other. Here's the point too, and the, the point I really want to bring up is: should the Ravens consider something like that, given the current COVID nineteen environment? Is is this something? I think we both of us would say. You know, we certainly hope it's not true, but there is a chance no Super Bowl will be played this year. Actually, yeah. we had one played this year. There won't be one played after this season. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. But, yeah. Uh, I think it's a valid point and a valid concern. I don't. Uh, it's a very tricky season uh, to make any commitments to your team or, or to make big moves that uh, are going. There's so much unknown right now, right? Like if you bring him along, and then all of a sudden the season's canceled. Is that going to hit? Is that going to impact? That's definitely going to impact the revenue. That's going to impact the cap. That's going to impact so many other factors. So, is this team in a position where, again, Jamal Adams is, is kind of like the cherry on top of the Sunday, or maybe not the cherry, but maybe he's like the, the, the maybe he's like the whipped cream and the cherry. Yep. I don't know. Like he's he's not he's not going to put them over the top that much more, in my opinion. I firmly believe that if this team was. So good last season. I know maybe they played a little bit above that that record, but it doesn't matter. They're still a division champ the last two seasons without him, with the guys that they have. So 
how much are you gaining from him? Uh, I don't think it's worth, I, I think that's a strong consideration here. Unless we know in the next month or two or so that everything's going to go down, uh, everything's going to basically line up the way it normally does, it's business as usual, then you're also making a move in haste, I think, and, and kind of, it's not something to, to, I don't see that coming from a DaCosta uh, to make a move hastily and not see, um, you know, kind of see things 10 steps ahead. Right. And that's, that's exactly where DaCosta has got to be thinking on this. They've been extremely prudent with long-term contracts here going through here, including Judon, including negotiations, whatever's occurring with Stanley. They haven't locked anything down. And part of the reason I think is that a COVID-19 salary cap hit is probably coming that they, the players and owners are already talking about what happens if revenue drops sharply. The players, you know, always wanted no smoothing in the cap. They wanted the last year's revenues reflected immediately into the next year's cap because it was going up every year. Well, this year it might go down and a, a big reduction in cap is not only going to leave the owners holding the bag. A lot of teams will have individual problems and players they need to cut where they didn't really anticipate. The Steelers are in terrible shape there, by the way. Ravens are in relatively good shape on the surface because they have a lot of cap available. They won't be underwater immediately, but they will potentially have a lot of their cornerstone players, uh, you know, not under contract. And in Stanley's case, needing a franchise tag where they can't necessarily really afford it if the, mm-hmm. if the COVID cap comes along. So I think that's part of Adam's uh, motivation here, too, is that he says, holy shit, we could be coming into a COVID world where – I'm going to make even less money than I than I want to make, and I, you know, if if it, if, I, if I think it's bad now, it's going to be even worse later if I have to try and sign my contract. And whatever scheme they come up with to levelize things out, by the way, it's going to borrow cap dollars from the future. The owners are not going to agree to give away cap dollars in this in this deal. There's no way they, they, they'll yeah. they, they'll 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 spread revenue out or they'll spread the loss out over six years or something. But however you look at it. A cap dollar today could well be worth more than a cap dollar tomorrow. So, yeah, sorry. That's a scary thought yeah. for, for yeah. this team, too, because now all of a sudden, let's just say it's hypothetical. You do bring. I meant the other way around. I'm sorry. I meant oh, the other no. way around. Okay. No, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But, but either, either or, there's a squeeze that's there. Either. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, if you're, if you're looking this, projecting this forward with the guys that are coming up on contracts, Stanley. Humphrey, um, you're talking about the offensive guys as well, Andrews, uh, Zeus Jr., and of course Lamar. I mean, those guys are further out, but you, this is what the Ravens do. They've got cap guys, they've got analytics guys that crunch all those numbers and project future. They project their contracts out based on uh, all these other dominoes, right? Like who can be fit, who can who can fit, and who's worth the long-term dollars? Could they get rid of Marcus Peters, like you said? Um, you know, front end, could they get rid of Earl Thomas front end? Could they cut those corners? Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams. Yeah. And then you, you could still say that doesn't really matter because they're still going to have a pretty talented roster to get rid of these guys. They can make it work, but it's, it's just a matter of how practical and how realistic it is. Like you said, with an unknown of the salary cap as well. Yeah, it's, it's a, it is a scary thing. I don't know how the how the Ravens will adjudicate that, but I just don't see Jamal Adams fitting into their picture for the for a lot of these reasons. But in any case, if, going back to an early point, I really just think honestly the Jets have sent him to the market to reasonableize 
his own demands to say, oh, I guess I'm not worth that much because every other team saying I wouldn't even pay you that. I'm not I, I'm not certainly not going to trade something in addition to paying you that. Yeah, and I think the funny thing is I I, I think that the, the latest is now this is pretty much coming from uh, Adams' camp. So if it came from the Jets, possibly, right, like they might have just said, okay, you can seek the trade out and you can you know, put out some feelers. I, I, I don't think there's anything tangible to say that any teams are actually involved. Any teams have actually come to the table as uh, strong candidates or that there's even any activity brewing right now. So I, I think he's just playing uh, the wrong, unless you're a quarterback right now, and even Ken to that point, if Dak Prescott is struggling to get his dollars at quarterback, that, t- that should tell you where, what, state, what, what state we're in right now. Right. Uh, I mean, teams just aren't willing to, to, to go there right now. And, and, and I think the reasons are fairly obvious as to why they wouldn't, but if Dak Prescott has truly been offered $35 million for five years, AAV from the Cowboys, you know, I've jumped on that. His agent, if he's, he did him a tremendous disservice if he told him not to sign that. Now, the Cowboys may have withdrawn such an offer. They may have never made such an offer. But, I mean, if that was really out there, I mean, I know it, it might be slightly less than what other quarterbacks are maybe making right now. But given the COVID situation, if he doesn't jump on that kind of an offer right now, he'd be a fool. That's totally true. Yeah, and that's that's a fair point. Now, the when that happened or like you said, who did what, that's kind of the tough part to determine for sure. Uh, but yeah, if that is what he got, then he probably uh, you know, he should have jumped all over that. But, you know, in that case, you flip it around it's, it's a guy like Jamal Adams and there's no way he's going to make market value or he shouldn't. And I think that there's always a team, there's always a soccer team that could do it, but that gets back to, whether or not that that would even work in the first place, given the fact that he's trying to kind of push this. He doesn't have a no trade clause, but he's trying to steer the trade as well. He wants both. He wants the money and he wants to steer the trade. Sure. Yeah. Dev, always a pleasure having you on. This great discussion really drilled down into a topic like Jamal Adams. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we could have you on. We have you again coming on on some other shows here. I want to uh, uh, make sure people know those are going to be. We have Dev coming on about the offensive line sometime in the next few days. And we have Dev coming talking on about the 25th anniversary team as well. Uh, thanks, thanks for joining us today. Where can people find your work? Yeah, so uh, RussellStreet.com, still plugging away. I, you know, I think given uh, just this offseason's kind of been kind of a, a weird one, so there hasn't been anything recently. Uh, but just also look out for some future projects. There is some stuff in the works. I don't necessarily want to give it away, Ken, but there's something exciting uh, that I've been kind of uh, looking into, working on, uh, related to Greg Roman's passing game. So that's just something that hasn't quite uh, come together just yet, but could be something on tap. Uh, later on in July and August. So that's something we're, we're thinking of at Russell Street. Then on top of that, uh, look out for me on Twitter at DevPanchwag. That's probably the, the, the easiest uh, area to find me in my commentary. And like you said, you're kind of um, teasing it, but I did have my opinions of the 25th anniversary team. So you can kind of look for that and then we'll get into that on a deeper level in this uh, discussion that I'm looking forward to. All right. Dev, uh, always a pleasure to have you on, of course. Make sure, you, folks, you follow Dev. He's a, he's a great guy to have regular Twitter conversation with. He's on there a lot and, uh, you know, always get a good back and forth going with him whenever I, I tag him. You, you, should, you should try doing that also with your, your favorite analysts and whatnot. Just get the, the discussion started with them, and, and it ends up being a, a very good conversation typically. If you're interested in doing a film study short, 
please let me know. Direct message on Twitter is probably the easiest way to do that. But if you're passionate about a particular topic, you see something about the Ravens you'd like to talk about, I'd love to talk to you about too. Anyway, thanks for joining us again. Dev, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space, just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.